Fanboys and Friends presents In a World Where Justice Runs All We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. And injustice is among us. The others, where are they? Two podcasters roll. Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. It's on him. Organic and biomechatronic body parts. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. You're the Batman. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. Injustice Podcasters Among Us, a DCEU podcast. Join your hosts, the Dark Knight duo David Senden and Kyle Wagner. A new episode of Injustice Podcasters Among Us, a DCEU podcast, begins right now. Shall we? It's good to see you playing well with others again. Just like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. Gaina, welcome to the latest episode of Injustice Podcasters Among Us, a DC for now EU podcast. And yes, we will be undergoing a name change eventually. I am your host, David Sending, your master of ceremonies, and with me, the Batman to my Batman. Why do Batmans? Because, well, you know what, Zazlab? It's my show. I'm going to say it. And. Who really wants to be Robin? Look more on that later. Your friend of mine, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? If you can be Dick Grayson, always be Dick Grayson because he always gets the girl. Well, that is true. And, and if Titans taught us anything, uh, you know, uh, uh, Dick uh, always started out with a uh, F Batman. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm just saying, you know, as, as we prepare to go down a journey about gods and monsters. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, so gang, what do you know? Our, our last episode, we were talking about the, the hierarchy of power or the supposed hierarchy of power based on the rock stroking his own ego. Uh, but that turned out not to be the case. But the hierarchy of power did change in the DC universe, and it changed at the barrel of a gun, a James Gunn. Ah, see what I did there? That's for you Bondites. 
Uh, <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? I thought that was kind of funny. I'm sorry. I was, I was busy with this martini shaken, not stirred. <laughs> nice. Nice. I knew if I laid the bad joke out there, you would find some way to kind of inject more bad into it. <laughs> that is what we do here, anyway. Well, I, I, you know, I could be feeling a little swampy. No, that's true, too. That's true, too. So, gang, what we are going to do with this portion of the show is we are going to play uh, for you guys the the video of James Gunn talking about the the upcoming slate that was announced of projects. Some very interesting James Gunn sort of odd choices and interesting choices. And uh, anyway, what Kyle and I will be back to talk about later. So for now, here is the man himself just, uh, well, taking it away. Hey everybody, I'm James Gunn. I'm the co-CEO of DC Studios. So as many of you know, DC has been disconnected in film and television for a long time. And it's one of, you know, our jobs, mine and Peter's, is to come in and make sure the DCU is connected in film, television, gaming, and animation. That the characters are consistent, played by the same actors, and it works within one story. And if something is outside of that, like Matt Reeves' Batman or Todd Phillips' Joker or Teen Titans Go, that it is clearly labeled as DC Elseworlds, outside of the mainstream DCU continuity. Now, Peter and I have gotten pretty lucky in terms of the four projects that are coming out over the next year. First, we have Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Shazam! has always been off kind of in his own part of the DCU, so he connects very well. That moves directly into The Flash, a fantastic movie that I really love, that resets the entire DC universe. And then to move into Blue Beetle, a fantastic film about a kid who's a marvelous part of the DCU, and then into Aquaman 2, which leads directly into our next few projects, which I'm gonna tell you about now. So, Peter and I, along with a group of very talented writers, have started to map out an eight to 10 year plan of what DC Studios will be in film, television, and gaming. This first chapter is called Gods and Monsters. Now this, what I'm about to tell you, is a part of the first chapter. It's not the entire first chapter. The first project is Creature Commandos. Creature Commandos is an animated series. I've written all the episodes. Something we're gonna do that's a little bit different at DC is we're gonna have characters move into animation, out of animation, usually having the same actor play their voice as who plays them in live action. The next project up is Waller. This is a story of Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. Viola Davis is going to team up with members of Team Peacemaker, and this is a story that's been created by Crystal Henry, who did Watchmen, and Jeremy Carver, who created the Doom Patrol. It is a fantastic story that's out of this world, and I can't wait for people to see it. Okay, next up is the big one, the true beginning of the DCU. This is called Superman Legacy. This is being written by me. I'm in the middle of it. I'm having a great time doing it. And Superman will be released into theaters July 11th, 2025. Okay, the next thing is a big premiere HBO television series called 
Lanterns. This is a story of a couple of Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, and we have a few other lanterns peppered in there, but this is really a terrestrial-based TV show, which is almost like True Detective with a couple of Green Lanterns who are space cops watching over precinct Earth. In it, they discover a terrifying mystery that ties into our larger story of the DCU. Next is a big movie called The Authority. The Authority is a passion project of mine. It's based on the marvelous Wildstorm characters. We are now bringing into the DCU and will interact with all of our primary DCU characters. The Authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means necessary. I think it's a very different look at superheroes we're doing a television series called Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is a story of Paradise Island, usually known as Themyscira, which is the birthplace of Wonder Woman. It's almost like Game of Thrones with Westeros, but with all of the inhabitants of Paradise Island. The introduction of the DCU's Batman is the brave and the bold. The brave and the bold is the story of Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne. This is based on Grant Morrison's great comic book run. Damian Wayne is my favorite Robin. He's a little assassin who Batman tries to get in line. And so this is the story of the two of them and the beginning of sort of the Bat family in the DCU. Next up is a TV series called Booster Gold. Booster Gold is one of comics' really popular cult heroes. He is a fascinating guy. He's a loser from the future who uses future technology to come back to present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. It is basically the superhero story of imposter syndrome on an HBO Max series. One of my favorite comic book series from last year was Tom King's run on Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. And so we're going to turn that into a big science fiction epic film. Now, Superman is a guy who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents. Where Supergirl in this story, she is a character who was raised on a chunk of Krypton. She watched everybody around her perish in some terrible way. So she's a much more jaded character. And that brings me to Swamp Thing, the last thing we're going to talk about. A very dark horror story in the origins of the monster who is Swamp Thing. And although it's totally outside of the rest of the DCU, it will still feed into the rest of the stories. Anyway, those are the stories that I can tell you about right now. I've loved the DC characters since I was a child. They're incredibly important to me. I knew that this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do something very different. One of the things that's very important for me in all of these movies and TV series is that the director's vision and the vision of the writers and all of the creators is unique and something special. Storytelling is always king. That's all that matters to us. And I want to be true to those stories. I want to be true to you guys and really give you something different than you've ever seen before. Anyway, thank you, everybody. I appreciate you watching. I hope this was exciting for you because it's really exciting for me. And I can't wait to start to dive into these stories with you guys on this grand adventure. Thank you so much. All right, Kyle, I, I'm just going to start off and, and say this. You know, uh, what he's saying there, the sincerity of what he was saying, the, the storytelling is always king, right? The director's vision, particularly that word, director's vision. I'm yeah, just going to come out and say it. That's not something I get from uh, Kevin Feige because it's, it's less a director's vision and unfortunately Marvel's become about his vision.
So, okay, so a couple of things here. First of all, you're going to get a totally different vision of James Gunn because he's a creator. You cannot that, compare... That Kevin, is true, yes. You cannot compare what Kevin Feige does to what James Gunn does because Kevin Feige is not a director. Kevin no, Feige is no he's not. I'm talking... I, I was talking more the sincerity of it. Well, the, no, I, but I think, there, I think there is a sincerity of Kevin Feige, too. It's just it's different because he's been doing it for so long. James right. Gunn is in a position where he's new to it, and yet he is going to take lessons he learned from Kevin Feige as well. Exactly. Because how can you not? You can't. Yeah. But here, here is the thing with James that I see with James Gunn and, and what he announced. I think he's passionate about this. But I'm going to say this too because I just kind of had this feeling from watching the video. He knows what he wants to do. I think there's still a little bit in the back of his mind. Are they going to actually let me do this? Are you are you talking about the um, the 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 Snyder cultist stench? I'm more of talking about just because we know the political mess that Warner Brothers is right now. Oh, just you know, Zaslav and his axe wielding nonsense. Yeah, and so I, I think there's a little bit of that. Let's be honest, too. Gunn only has a four-year contract. Well, but why would there... My, I guess I'm confused. Because why would that be a problem? Because wasn't it Zaslav who appointed these two? He appointed these two, but the future of the WB is still very much in doubt. Well, that is true, yes. I think the, I think the hiring of Gunn in this plan is just as much a Hey, we have a we have this going on as a as a point, and as a as a tentpole in our new building of the of Warner Brothers. But we still don't even know necessarily that the current ownership of Warner Brothers is going to be the one who ends up with Warner Brothers. Oh yeah. So okay. I, I, oh oh, now I remember because of the rumors of uh, Zasla basically house flipping Warner Brothers. Yeah. So here, here's, here, but here is the and other I thing. I believe that's all hearsay and rumor. Last time we talked well, about it, anyway. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's, it's hard to say, but with Zaslav, you never know. But yeah. I also look at this the list of what he's doing in this chapter one God of God of Monsters. Which, by the way, I know, like like with Marvel, phases is such an arbit arbitrary term, but at least here, Gunn has a decency to. Uh, to sort of separate that and not just, yeah. you know, pick the phases phrase and like copy and paste and insert it here kind of thing. He's not going to do that. I, I appreciate that. But I look at this list of what he's doing mm -hmm. and it's like he's, I don't want to say it's every other one, but I would say when I look from top to bottom, about half to three quarter of these are gun special projects and the other ones are he's doing to appease the higher ups. Now would appease the higher ups be the Superman legacy, the authority and the Supergirl woman of tomorrow? No, I think it would be Superman legacy, the brave and the bold and the Supergirl world of tomorrow because the authority. Okay. Oh, well, I'm going oh, to be honest. Of tomorrow, not world. Tomorrow, woman tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, what we're on tomorrow. The Authority and Swamp Thing mm -hmm. are the ones that could be the most out there of all of these projects. For totally different reasons. I agree. But... They do feel very James Gunn-like. Uh, 
Let me put it this way. The authority could be Brightburn with with more adult content. True. And let me counter and, that. I think what is genius about the authority is it's essentially, you know, Gunn's commentary on the what the the whole Snyder stuff did completely wrong. Well, it's not, it's not just and, that. Okay. And the irony of, of that is the authority in the comics was the commentary on the Justice League. A little bit. First of all, okay, let, let me make things perfectly clear. Okay. The Stormwatch, when Warren Ellis took it over and eventually turned it into the authority, yeah. in my opinion, is one of the greatest comic book runs of all time. Did he say Stormwatch or Storm Worlds? Stormwatch. The Authority used to be spun out of the Image Wildstorm book, Stormwatch. Ah. And Warren Ellis, Warren Ellis took that book, flipped it on its head, and completely changed everything about it. And it was to this day, his run on the Authority before it moved back, before it got absorbed into DC Comics, mm-hmm. was one of the absolutely most amazing runs in a, of a comic book ever. It it, uh, it pulled no punches. It pulled no punches. It was very adult written, and when I say adult, not only in some of the content of it, but also just in its sensibilities. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't placate to super your standard superhero rules and and kitty and kitty kitty superhero rules. These were these were people who probably this is how maybe these superpower people might act in the real world under, so under it these went, crazy, it crazy more, circumstances. Would you say it went more invincible in the boys and less uh, uh, MCU and, and soft? Uh, yeah, 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 most definitely. Most definitely. Oh, then I'm really going to enjoy this. So, um, now, granted, when they, once they were, once Wildstorm, which was Jim Lee's company, was mm-hmm. bought by DC. They did incorporate characters from the Authority into the DC universe and had the Authority in the DC universe. So, my question is going to be: Is what version are we going to see, James Gunn? Because this is very important to me, and I would really like you to go back to kind of more of the classic Im- version of the Authority that was Image Comics before DC bought Wildstorm. Ah, uh, see, uh, so, again, the the commentary thing I was saying on the. You know the where Snyder got his stuff wrong. I think that's what we're getting, but with a lot more of that invincible and the boys sort of flavor turned up to eleven in there. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's genius because yeah, you know, like with how I feel about Superman Legacy, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, I think that idealistic version of Superman, which clearly they're adap- they're looking at adapting from the uh, Superman All Seasons. I, I believe that's what it is. Uh, or All-Star Superman or one of those. Um, the more hopeful, more idealistic version of Superman. The Authority is the great counter to that. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, let's run down the list. As, as I, I've, got, I've got the list in front of me. Okay. So let's let's kind of run down in an order because we it starts sure. it starts with creature creature commandos the animated series that's, that's coming out which James Gunn is writing himself this is all a James Gunn thing right here that, that one 
that one feels 100% like a James Gunn pick. Well, they, they, these are the off-the-wall DC characters. He's writing it. Um, mm-hmm. We've already had at least one of these characters in a live-action DC movie because uh, Weasel was in Suicide Squad. Gee, I, I, I recognize that, that smiling face. So we've, we've got that. I think this is going to be fun. The animation looks like it's a decent quality, and mm-hmm. I think Gunn's just going to go to town on it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a, a fun introduction. But here's what I'm excited for. The other one I'm really excited for, too. Because sure. she owns this character. She is this character. Heart, mind, heart, body, soul, and everything else. And that is Viola Davis returning to play Amanda Waller in a Waller Spirit series for HBO Max. Yeah, and, and I feel like this is your, you know, like, you know, I, okay, I'm just going to equate it to this. Like how they said with Book of Boba Fett, it was season 2.5, right? This is 1.5 a piece. Which I wasn't going to call it. This this is definitely 1.5 of a peacemaker. Because, I mean, Gunn is busy with Superman Legacy for the foreseeable future. So, Peacemaker Season 2, which will happen, but it's on uh, indefinite hold right now. Because he's got to land... Superman Legacy. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that here shortly. But oh, um, yeah. but here here here's the here's here's the thing. Um, Waller's going to be great. Peacemaker Two is still happening. Don't even worry about that. People might be a little later than we thought, but here's two reasons why. One, he, he has never said he was out on Peacemaker, and two, he has gone on record saying uh, John Cena is one of his, if not, it might be his number one favorite actor to work. Yeah, which I'm sure um, rightful Baptista's feathers a little bit. Well, yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm sure there was other it. things that did that with that guy. Yeah. So let, let's talk about what's next on the list, because you brought it up. Superman Legacy. Now, David, here, I'm going to be honest with you. Here is where I start pumping the brakes just a tad here. And, and hear me out, because we need a good quality Superman movie. There is no question about that. We... And we don't need to go through the origin story again. I like the concept of... Right, no question about that. 100% we need a new take on Superman. However, and and hear me out, I would rather wait and see a Superman and Batman in a later... um, In Chapter 2. Use Chapter 1 to establish the world. Hint at Superman and Batman then give us those guys in chapter two. But I understand. But again, this goes back to what I was saying. Some of these are for guns. Some of these are for the big guys. Superman Legacy is for the marketing. Right. It, it feels like that director thing of, okay, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you, one for me. Exactly. Yeah. Which we see way too often in the industry anyway. Yeah, no. But I, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I, I'm curious to see what he's going to do with Superman Legacy. I think it's going to be one of the hardest roles to cast in Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. It is. Because I, I think I think whoever gets cast in that role, unfortunately, and we'll talk about this once we're done through the gone through the list, it's got some it's gonna be very hard to follow Henry Cavill. The, well yeah. and, and there's reason. I, I'm just gonna say, right? 
because mm -hmm. I'm used to being the guy that says the unpopular thing? No, yes and no. Okay? Yes, because it's Henry and everyone has that idealistic version of of Superman being Henry, right? That's the, that's mm -hmm. the yes part. The no part is we were never given that idealistic version of Superman. It was always, you know, the dark and gritty version of Superman. And and Kyle, if you'll indulge me for a second, okay? This is where I go on a bit of a soapbox rant. And, you know, much like I'm going to, you know, credit uh, another video that laid this out perfectly on a very different channel, you know, Koi's Comic Corner on the Real Rejects channel. I, they, those guys are great. Go, go subscribe to them. They're great. But I'm just going to say, Koi is 100% right how he laid out everything. You know, Superman was created in 1938 by two scrawny little Jewish guys who were dealing as a way to deal with the Depression and the way the world was at the time. You know, it's Superman was meant to be the world you could aspire to be. You know, not not the world you know fitting to Superman. That's not the point, right? Because we look to the sun for hope, right? That's just what we do as general human beings. And Superman is that. He is a literal sun god, you know? And and I, I think the best way I can phrase it, that, you know, uh, that not to tread over what Koi was saying in his video, but to give it credit, right, is mm -hmm. if... if Look, art is supposed to, you know, reflect the world we live in. If we keep making art so shitty and vitriol and, and toxic, there's the word of the day, then guess what? We're screwed. We are absolutely screwed. Koi is 100% right. We need a, that idealistic Superman. You know? Oh, okay, so... Can I, can I, can I if, I, if I may interrupt for a minute? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, go ahead. No, you, you, you have absolutely perfect 100% points there. Yeah. But I don't put the version of Superman we saw in the Snyderverse. Mm -hmm. I put that. Henry Cavill is about the last person I put that version on because Henry Cavill is going to only work with what he is given. But I want I want I want to say this because I and I truly believe this. Right. I rewatched Man of Steel recently. It was on TV. Henry Cavill is actually incredibly charismatic and represents the good that is Superman in that movie. But he also represents a young a young Superman in that film that is dealing with really a life and death circumstance really for the first time. First time, I, there's decisions in the, about that movie that I believe are director decisions as far as the what they call the destruction porn and things like that that are an issue. Oh, but if no, you fast, no doubt at all. No, no yeah. doubt so, at all about any of that. Let me let me finish now. You fast forward to Justice League, and whether mm -hmm. whatever cut version you want to watch, right? And I think I think because I think it's 
I think it applies in both versions. By the end of Justice League, you're starting to see Henry Cavill become the true uh, true Superman. Yeah. No, I agree. You're stuck. And it's that's the fr- I think, and this is why the fan base is so livid and so frustrated because we all saw it and we were all like, "Oh, he's about to get into that Reeb zone." Yeah, but but you know, Kyle, can I just add something to your point? To your first point. Uh huh. Look. I would have had that feeling, that moment that you were talking about. He's getting into that Reeve zone. If if there was this one thing that didn't completely undo that for me, that was not Superman characteristic. It was more Batman characteristic. It was not Superman characteristic. And it was the infamous snapping of the neck. Well, and I, I agree with I agree with you in that aspect, and I, I wish that would have never have happened. Mm-hmm. But I don't blame Henry. I can't, can't blame Henry Cavill for that. No, I I one hundred percent do not blame Henry for that. But for me, I did not get to that moment that that teetering on that Christopher Reeve Superman zone, right? Because mm-hmm. we had that moment in there. Yeah, but I I can't. I can, at least for me personally, from a lot of people I've talked to, we can throw that moment out because I think what we were looking at was maybe even a little bit of a soft reboot for Kavila Superman. Yeah, no, I can see that, yeah. I I think people, what people, what everybody wanted was to see Henry Cavill have a Superman story that wasn't a Zack Snyder story. Right, yeah, no, I agree. That's what I wanted. So... So, and you know, even James Gunn has gone on the record. I was going to talk about this later, but let's talk about it now. He said, he, he apologized to Henry Cavill and said, you got, I had no knowledge of your situation coming into this. I said, right. he said, you basically got dicked over by the prior people. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And, I, and what James Gunn has, James Gunn has no reason to not, to, to lie about that. Right. And he wouldn't because one, he's, he's sincere about everything he's been doing so far and number Mm. two is he has done the one thing i wish more studios would do take a meeting with these folks yeah don't don't do what zazlife did coming into warner brothers and basically just give give out pink slips and swing your axe with more accuracy than thor going for thanos's head yeah and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I wouldn't be surprised before it's all said and done, since James Gunn also left Elseworlds open. That maybe somewhere down the line Henry doesn't get a chance, one more chance to wear the the S on his chest. I'm glad you brought that up because I think if there is going to be another Henry, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be the the Elseworlds label, which, by the way. I think what's genius about the Elseworlds label is it, you know, for people that don't really give a fart's piss about shared universes, which, let's be honest, Kane, there's more people that don't give a shit about that than you think. I think yeah. the Elseworlds ID, uh, label is genius because 
it allows you to go in to something without any prior baggage at all um, and just enjoy it as a movie. You know, it almost harkens back to the old days before everybody was trying this shared universe idea. I'm even going to double down and say this. The Elseworlds label is most likely the only place you're going to see a Batman Beyond movie or Red Sun, which I think is yeah. the one place you could see Henry again, if at all. Yeah. So, I, I th like I said, though, but getting back to the legacy here, I think the concept is a good idea. Superman is such a hard character to execute on the big screen. It takes he something is, special to is. do it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I love... I, nobody's going to top Christopher Reeve, in my opinion, who you've had no. the magic of Superman. No. I, I, I think Brandon Routh, given a better script... Brandon Routh had, came close, but I think he got better rehabilitated treatment in the... What was the the CW crossover? Was that was that uh, their Elseworlds? No, that was Crisis. That was Crisis? Where it was... Yeah. No, but he was playing the Crisis Superman, but was it the Elseworlds crossover? Uh, it might have been the Elseworlds... It might have been the Elseworlds or Kingdom Come crossover where they kind of... Oh, no, no, was... it was Crisis. He was playing yeah. the Kingdom Come version of Superman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think so... he got better rehabilitation there... Than, yeah, oh, yeah. ...than he ever got out of his movie at all. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think Henry Cavill was getting close. Cavill was getting close. Right. And he just needed, he needed to have to do Superman, not Zack Snyder. Right. And worse. So, but now, that's neither here nor there. Now, before we move on uh -huh. to uh, other things down the list, I've got to say this, because I've been thinking about this ever since uh, James made all the announcements. Okay. You know, I think... And, you know, this needs to be said, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, you can make it a, you know, a hashtag, send it to the internet, or what Joey Lawrence called a hash brown on Cobra Kai, whatever. But, you know, we are all soups. We are all Superman. You know, soups, if you want to go with, you know, the non-gender specific for non-binary and transgender friends. But... The idea behind that is, you know, everyone, whether you're, whether you're male, female, non-binary, trans, or somewhere in the middle, right? We are all soups should be the idea that everyone tries to strive for because the values of Superman are attainable. We, Superman is that character we all should try to live that better life. And, you know, and have that be reflected in the way we treat people, have that be reflected in everything that, you know, human beings may have, oh, I don't know, forgotten, right? You know, it's like we can do this because guess what, guys? If we don't, then we fail. So that's why, and, 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 Kyle, I gave credit to, um, you know, Koi Jandro's wonderful video on the Real Rejects channel laying out this whole thing. Obviously better than I can, because I'm emotional about this. 
But, you know, it's like everyone, male, female, or gals, pals, and non-binary pals, every single person, we are all soups because we all can do this. Every single one of us. And that's why, and Kyle, I've talked with you uh, off air about this. That's why, you know, to me anyway, there's a lot more writing on Superman legacy than this idea of let's not blow up your universe again. Oh, well, yeah. There's, anytime you do a Superman movie, there's going to be something major writing on it. I, but do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I, but I, 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 see, I, I definitely see what you mean, but... I think in Superman's case, I think it is one of the most important characters to do, but also absolutely one of the hardest characters. Oh, it is. It's going to be a real challenge for Gunn to pull. So it's it's going to let's see what happens there. But Mm -hmm. I'm very interested in the next one, Lanterns. Now, Greg Berlanti, the man who is responsible for bringing us the Arrowverse has had a long and works Green Lantern TV series that was supposed to be Jon Stewart, and that's been scrapped. And I I need to take a second here and David and say this. Uh, I think he's been scrapped in general because... Yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. Hasn't CW been cutting left and right? Well, CW isn't even owned by WB anymore. It's been sold. Yeah, it's Netstar now, isn't it? Yeah. So here's here's the thing I want people to understand. Ray Brulanti brought us something we never thought we would see with the Arrow. I mean, the era, especially the earlier earlier parts of the Arrowverse were absolutely fantastic, and they oh, gave absolutely, us absolutely, yeah. And and I know we're getting ready to end it with the next coming season of the Flash. Right. They've already taken the Superman and Lois show and made it its own thing. It doesn't tie really into the Greg Berlanti Arrowverse anymore. I but I'm glad you brought up Superman and Lois because I believe Gunn puts that under Elseworld. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what he does. But yeah. I just. But before we move on, I got I do need to say a thank you to Greg Berlanti because Arrow was phenomenal, The Flash was phenomenal, oh, Legends yeah. of Tomorrow early on was one of the funnest shows we've had in a while, and he just you created a great world and gave us things we never thought we would see on screen. So thank you to Greg Berlanti. That being said, the next thing on James Gunn's list is Lanterns, which he is going to sound like he's going to make it much more in the vein of a season one of True Detective. And which makes sense, and they've been kind of even playing this up in the comics lately with Green Lantern, where he's more of the crime solver mm-hmm. of the universe. The yeah. Green Lantern Corps is the police, the police and detective agency for the universe. So I'm very curious to see what directions they go in in there, which Green Lanterns they might will introduce in Lanterns, mm-hmm. and 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 will we see more than one Earthbound Green Lantern? Because we have we have three or four Earth Green Lanterns now. Human Green Lanterns, not just Hal Jordan. We've got Guy Gardner. We have Kyle Rayner. We have Simon Baz. We have Jessica Cruz. So it's going to. I'm very intrigued to see what directions they go in this, but I think it's one of the more intriguing projects that James Gunn has in the works here. I just, I, I'm just gonna say, I just hope he doesn't uh, bring in Chip. Uh, there might be no Chip, but we, 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 we definitely need a Kilowog. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to get better than Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, that's true, but it's still, you know. You yeah, I mean, I mean, that's like that's like that's like um when Netflix was trying their Daredevil thing mm-hmm. and you're trying to do better in the Kingpin. I mean, granted, you got Vincent D'Onofrio where you're like, "Come on, it's Vinny D. 
but there was something special about Michael Clark Duncan, man. I, I, you know, I don't care what you thought of that Ben Affleck Daredevil overall. I mean, yeah, generally no, was... that movie is regarded as garbage. Yeah. But Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin was something special, man. Oh yeah, I, I won't argue that point. But like I said, I'm very intrigued by Lanterns and seeing what they're going to do with it. The next oh, up on I the list. Too. The the true detective aspect, I gotta admit, has me a little bit relieved because when I heard um uh you know, before all this, you know, DC tide change, uh before I heard when I heard um uh Lethal Weapon in Space, I was like, Oh dear god, why? Yeah, no. Well I think they're going in the right direction here, but yeah, next yeah, up yeah. we we talked about this a little bit ago, but the authority. And like I said, I think this is the most, one of the two most bold things that James Gunn could be trying to do here. And I think it, I think the authority is basically an adult version, a more adult version of Brightburn. Well, it's it's Brightburn if it had a love child with the Invisible and the boys. Yeah, and uh, that's basically what this. I'm very curious to see what characters he ends up using out of the authority. I, I'm. There's some classic characters that he, I'm hoping he uses. But I figure a Midnighter and Apollo are definitely part of that. I, okay, I, I'm glad you brought up Midnighter and Apollo because I'll mm-hmm. just go for broke. It'll never happen, I'm sure. But Midnighter and the Apo- Midnighter and Apollo, <laughs> Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Now you gotta do it if you're gonna do it. You gotta do Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. Oh God, no! I. Uh, you know what? Considering how Apollo and Midnight are, yeah, um, with each other, I do not want to see Ben Affleck trying to make out with uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 just I'm I'm curious to see what other characters they will use. I think Jenny Sparks has to be used in mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. I, I'm intrigued because I think this the, the Authority is also going to be a test run for another Wildstorm property. That you know, I have... I, I'm just going to say this for the authorities. She's a hot commodity right now What with Wednesday on Netflix and uh, obviously Scream 6 coming out. Uh, Jenna Ortega. I can't see her as Jenny Sparks. She's too young. Okay. Well, again, too young now, but, but the authority would obviously be a couple of years down the road, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But I, I'm very curious about it. it, it and Jen Ortega's star is just going to keep snowballing oh, yeah. and growing anyway. Yeah. I, I'm curious about it, so let's see where they take it. But next up is something I know you were pretty damn excited about. Um, Paradise Lost on HBO Max. Game of Thrones yes, style set yes. on Themyscira. Yeah, I'm just going to say this right out. Okay? And we'll, we'll get into more of this this particular discussion note uh, once we reach the end of the list, but a Wonder Woman prequel is actually kind of genius because if you go back to when, if you go back, Kyle, to um, the, we heard the Wonder Woman 3 was canceled in its uh, current form. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, nothing about how James Gunn was phrasing any of this 
made it sound like, uh, you know, like Gal Gadot was entirely out. No, I don't think she is, and I think this proves it because if if she was out, this wouldn't be a pre, pre this wouldn't be a prequel series. Right? No, no. Uh, so I'm just that I just saw her bring that up. Now, now when when we get to the end of the list, what I want to go over is something very important, and it kind of you know puts everything in a little gray area with like Waller, right? Mm-hmm. And the issue is, but we'll talk about it when we finish, is how much does this actually reset? Uh, excuse me. I think it's going to be more than you think, but we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure that's a good, good uh, thing to end on. Is like, how much is this Flash movie, this hodgepodge of a messy Flash movie, thanks to Ezra goddamn Miller, how much of the of how much is this actually resetting? I think quite a bit, but we'll get into that because yeah, we'll get up into next. That. I up figured next, that's a better, that's a good thing to end on. Up next is the Brave and the Bold, the introduction of the DCU Batman. Can I just well, say I love that their Batman movie? By the way, I think it's going to be Batman Brave and the Bold at the end of the day. Probably, but, but um, I love that their Batman movie in the DCU is named after one of their better cartoon runs. Yeah. Well, they're also introducing Damian Wayne, which is for some people a very cool thing. And for some people, uh, we're not so sure about this. My guess. Go on, go on. My guess is that the story is probably going to play off somewhat as the uh, uh, Batman story arc, Batman and son. Was a oh, very oh, story well, arc. Was that an animated from a couple of years ago? Yeah, they also made it an animated series. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if they play it off of there. Obviously, again, this boils down to this has got to be perfectly cast. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think what it does is two things. Okay, and indulge me here. Number yep. one, I think what it does is by by. Bringing in Damian Wayne, you're basically saying, okay, you're saying these other Robins existed, and you're not having to deal with what I think uh, has held up Robin since that god-awful Batman movie, what was it called? Ice Punts and Ass, or Batman and Robin, or whatever it was. Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah, Batman and Robin. I just called it my alternative title, because why not? Ice to see you. I mean, come on. But I think what it does is it gets rid of the stigma that why would a guy, a crime-fighting vigilante, take a 14-year-old into battle with nothing but a stick? Yeah, well, there's that. There's a, there's a lot of things. But again, this comes down to me. But if you, but you see ca- what I mean? It breaks that stigma because... you. These other Robins can exist. You're opening the yeah. door oh, for yeah. Dick Grayson. You're opening the door for a Tim Drake, right? Or Jason Todd, even. Or Jason Todd. Maybe Jason's already dead, and that story can play itself out, right? Yeah, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. But again, this one comes down to me as you have to have absolutely the perfect casting. Well, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I think it also says that 
by giving him a son, you're basically saying, yeah, the Batman we're going with is probably going to be, you know, late 30s, early 40s range. Well, it does open the door if Affleck decided to come back. Well, I'm going to double down on you there. I think Affleck directs the movie. Wouldn't surprise me. So, he is, yeah. after all, a golden boy for Warner Brothers. Yep, well, that's true, but speaking I, of the I Batman... Mean, before they screwed him over a tad. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is, but... Yeah, um, but... Speaking of Batman, we're not done with Batman yet. We're just happen to gonna do a little Elseworlds with Batman, because Robert Pattinson will return to play the Cape Crusader in the Matt Reeves universe of the Batman with the Batman sequel titled The Batman Part 2. Um, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta ask you, we haven't talked about this, David. How did you feel about the Matt Reeves Batman film? Well, um, I thought, okay, I'm just going to say this, all right? And yep. people aren't going to like it because it's a little too real, but I'm sorry, this is how I felt. It was a little too, you know, if we didn't, okay, here's the thing. If we didn't have to deal with uh, certain things like uh, certain aspects in the political space, certain things like a cult of personality, right? Certain things like a capital riot. Certain, if we didn't have to deal with any of that, then the Batman would have come off very differently to me, right? But because we had to deal with that, it felt very sort of, you know, very sort of, we just saw things like this. Why are you showing me a movie like it as well? You know, and case in point, the end of the movie if you listen to the mayor, we will learn to make to the to make Gotham better again or something like that. If that didn't sound like a particular red hat slogan, I don't know what the hell did. Well, here's here's what I'm gonna say about the Batman. First of sure. all, Robert Pattinson deserves a lot of credit because I think he did a very good job in a very tough situation and considering that people still look at him and still consider, oh, that's the boy from Twilight. Oh, well, he's he, not. Did, he did fine. People need to drop that Twilight shit. Oh, well, let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me finish my thought. Okay. Uh, Matt, Matt Reeves made a very good movie, but he needed to cut about 25 minutes of fat off this film. Yeah, that, that he did, yeah. Because what did it clock in at? Almost three hours? Yeah. But I do think, I do like the fact it's in Elseworlds. I do like the fact it plays up a lot more on the noir side of Batman as well. It does, which is one of the many, many, many loaded things that Snyder got incredibly wrong. Oh, yeah. He he went for the all-action version of Batman. Right. He went for the, you know, Batman using guns, where I'm like, I'm sorry, if you read certain comics, Batman literally takes a gun and and breaks the thing in half and yeah. says this is the weapon of cowards. Yep. So, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So it'll be... I, I'm, I'm looking forward to both of these Batman projects, see where they're going. But things yeah. are about to get a lot more lighthearted because coming to HBO Max, Booster Gold, which has been a long-time rumored thing, and I'm going to say it right now, the, the rumor is 
the early rumors are Gunn's going to deep dive into his basket of contacts and maybe bring, bring one of his friends over for Marvel. Could we see Chris Pratt in the role of Booster Gold? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think take this one to the bank. You know, Chris Pratt, and I'm just going to say this, okay? Mm-hmm. He has already played an idiot. As a matter of fact, we have a clip right now. Let's have Don Cheadle basically spell out what I'm saying right now. So take it away, Don. Come and get your love. Come and get your love. Oh, yeah. So he's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, see my point, gang? Even Don Cheeto in Endgame agrees. So he's an idiot. And I'm and you know, casting Chris Pratt as Booster Gold would be perfect. He's already played one loser. Have him play another one. Yeah, well you know, I I, 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 I can see it, but I would like to see maybe somebody else get a chat chance right. at it. No, I agree, I agree. But I mean twenty years ago it would have been Nathan Fillion, no doubt. Oh yeah. Yeah. But maybe he's even ten. He's kind of aged out of the role at this point. Well, and Chris Pratt's getting close. I'm just saying. Chris Pratt's not that far away from it, but yeah. I'm just saying that he would be a perfect fit for Booster Gold. And if you wanted to cross it, we already have Blue Beetle in there. Yeah, so it'll, it'll be interesting what they say about about this. This will be an HBO Max series. So, and didn't those two, you know, cross over occasionally, Blue Beetle and Booster? Oh, 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 more, more, more than occasionally. So yeah. Um, let me let me take this point to stop here for a second before we get to the last couple things on this list because I'm curious about something, David. Sure. Do you feel that Gun is at least hitting an interesting but level mix between theatrical and HBO Max releases? Oh, because I'm always the guy telling these studios you're full of shit if you think uh, people aren't coming to movies anymore. Yes. So you, so, so you liked it because the approach he's supposedly going to take is four projects a year, two for Max, two for the theaters. I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think I think so too. So what, I, I wish... I'm just gonna say it right now. I wish Marvel would adjust to that. I think and, they're. I think they're heading that way. And do more in theaters, less on Disney Plus. I, th- I think they're heading that way. So I, I, their theater slate is is pretty going to be pretty heavy over the next several months. Oh, is oh uh, well, and also didn't they just basically uh, push Phase Five and Six? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So yeah. Well, so I think I think we're going to be sitting with this multiverse saga a little longer than uh, expected. Yeah, but I think it's for the best. But sp- sp- speaking of sagas, um, Supergirl, Woman oh, of considering Tomorrow. Considering I love Kane the Conqueror, you're damn right it's for the best. Yeah, um, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Mister Sandin. Okay, I'm I'm very excited for this because the way James Gunn describes it. Mm-hmm. It it sounds like a very sort of um, uh, well, first of all, different take on uh, Supergirl than than even the CW was doing, and I love what CW was doing when it wasn't 
owned by these next star weirdos. Yeah, I, I think I think here it's going to be it's a it's a Supergirl series. It doesn't get a lot. It hasn't gotten a lot of hype, and I, I know that they were talking about the sales on it went through the roof over the weekend. People buying up the graphic novel. Yeah, I there. I tried to buy the graphic novel. Amazon was like, ah, no. Yep. So, um, and she is going to be a much more hard super, hardcore Supergirl. The one thing about this, David, and this is where I'm going to say this is going to be the tough part of this. Yeah. Is that there are two characters from the DC CW Arrowverse that I really truly feel that if they were brought into theaters to be those characters in a theater, people wouldn't object at all. One is Grant Gustin as the Flash. That is true, but after nine years, I, I'm like, does he really want to do more of this? Yeah, I think he, I think he's done, but I'm just saying. Oh, I know. Another one... People would not object if he, like, you know, if there's billowing smoke after Ezra runs the hell out of there and Grant was to come out of the smoke, people would not object to that at all. As Here's a matter of fact, I think that I think there will be applause and tears. Yeah. And then here's the other one, and that is Melissa Benoit as... Um, Melissa Super Benoist? Yeah, Benoist as Supergirl, because people... Absolutely. 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 Or hell... If you depending on the age of the supergirl you want to go with, make Melissa a villain in here. Well, but except Melissa would be about the age of the supergirl that they're going with in this. Uh what age do you think they will go with? Um, I I think they're gonna go with somebody in their twenties, but I think that but I think that, you know, just the aspect of what they're going well, to Well, and Melissa's gonna look awfully young for most of her life anyway. Yeah, so I'm just saying I'm intrigued I mean, by this. She's people. looked young since what? She and Grant were on Glee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they looked so about I, twelve. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued by Supergirl and see what they're going to do. But here's the other one. I talked about this earlier with the Authority. This is the other project that could just go in so many different directions. It could go off the rails in in ways that could be either spectacular or, oh my God, what has he done? And that is it. It could. Oh, Swamp Thing. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought we were still on Supergirl. No. Um, Swamp, Thing, Swamp Thing, David, obviously, for those of you who are indoctrinated just from movies and TVs, feels a little campy, feels a little bit not frightening or anything like that. Uh -huh. However, one of the most famous Swamp Thing runs was written by Grant Morrison. Right, right. And that was some out there stuff. I'm just gonna put put it out there. It oh broke yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It broke the fourth wall. Something. I mean, depending on the way you do this, this could be looked at as a spiritual prequel successor to The Last of Us. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Well, this show, this show, he he talks about it being a horror movie that promises to close out the first part of the chapter establishing the reason why they're calling it gods and god and monsters well let, let's be honest not close out because he didn't talk about everything he talked about a part of everything well he called what he's there's all... more to this yeah but this is the end of chapter one the swamp thing will be the end of chapter one he said no. that well there's there's we'll, we'll see i feel like he didn't talk about everything for a reason well, yeah, I think there's other plans, but I don't know if it's just if it'll be added to the chapter one or if it'll be in chapter 
to two of whatever he's planning. But he did. He was pretty strong in saying, in our interview and then in stuff I've said, I've read that his intent is to have Swamp Thing be the end of this chapter of the DC. Yeah, right you... now, right now, I'm gonna stand on the perch of I don't believe you, because mm-hmm. he has he has hung around the Feige dance card a number of times. He has, but the other thing is, is that if he's gonna if this is gonna be a cornerstone important movie, he might have the director the right director lined up for this one because the rumors are James Mangold is going to be directing this film. And, and if he crushes Indiana Jones and Dial of Destiny with. Yeah. Which, by the way, sounds like Indy trying to find a bar of soap in the morning, but whatever. Um, I I think I think we're all going to be pining for Mangold and Swamp Thing. Yeah. Overall, I think this is a very interesting list. Like I said, I think it's some for the some for the studio and a lot for Gun. Yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, Swamp Thing feels the most a uh, lot for Gun. The the other thing that I I'm going to say, and this is what I truly do expect, and I think this is where you're going to really see the difference between this and what Marvel has done. Mm-hmm. James Gunn is going to, I think I think it can, you, we're going to be able to look back and compare it a little bit to Marvel Phase Four, where they made a lot of different things, but not everything was for everybody. Right. No. I absolutely. Think, yeah. I think there's, this slate. This there's slate, a lot of feeling like Marvel Phase Four in this slate announcement. Well, yeah. I mean, basically, I think this slate is is built up to be about a bunch of individuals and adding them to the universe and growing. No, I agree, absolutely, definitely. So the other the other thing that comes out of this conversation too, and I want to just talk about this real quick, was um, Michael Safran also brought up Batgirl. Oh, Peter. Peter Safran also brought up Batgirl. Yeah, Peter, not Michael. Yeah. Um. Unless there's like a unless there's like an identical twin like Kathleen Kennedy, that we're like, where did you come from? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think I'm just a little bit tired and punchy at this point. But probably, um, yeah, probably. Um, he talked about Batgirl, and his words were, "It's undistributable. It's unwatchable. Unreleasable. Well, unreleasable. That's a big statement. It's not coming from Zaslav, Mister Axwell. This is coming from somebody." who is part of this huge creative process. Yeah, no, I understand that. Look, without addressing it, because I'm not, I'm just going to say that that still doesn't... I'm sorry, that still doesn't paint a very good look for any of you guys. No, it, does, it doesn't, but you can't put it on, on Gold and Saffron, but it definitely puts it a bad look on... Uh, no, that, I'm not putting on a gun or Saffron. Yeah. I'm putting it's, it squarely on Zoloff. Yeah, and... And it and it's a mess and it's sad because this movie's never going to see the light of day and I feel bad for the creators who put their time and effort into this. But right, you know, right. I mean, the only the only redeeming thing I have, especially if you go to like you know the Brave and the Bold, if you're bringing in the Bat family and you don't you do not extend an olive branch to what was it uh, Leslie Grace. Yeah. who play Batgirl, then I'm just going to say this. You're an idiot. Well, except I don't think Leslie Grace would be extended the role of Barbara Gordon. I don't think she would. And I really do think if she is extended that olive branch, she should 100% tell DC to shove it up their ass. 
Oh, I think I think she would anyway because of of the situation. But yeah, I, I look. I look. I'm, the... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Brendan Fraser. He's a professional. He'll go find work elsewhere. Yeah. Michael Keaton. He's he's a professional. He's been around the business a lot. Leslie Grace canceling the first Latina-led superhero movie. Yeah, that was stupid. Yeah, well, it, I it is what it I is. I don't care what Zoloff's logic was. I don't care what Peter Safran's apology was. That was well, dumb. But, well, at least at least they're still putting one out before the year's out. What do you mean? Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, didn't Blue Beetle have a similar story? Because, it, like Batgirl, it was going to be an HBO Max movie. Uh, I've heard that, and yeah, so, and it, 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 again, it, it comes yeah, back. Yeah, so, so the two have very similar stories. Yeah, yeah. but at least it's coming out, so. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I'd just rather be watching Batgirl than Blue Beetle, to be honest. But I, I look at I look at this lineup. I think Gunn has ambition. I, I like some of the ideas he has. It's just a matter of waiting and see which direction he's going to take it. And we're not going to know that till 2024, 2025. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, okay. Before we close out, mm-hmm. all right, the question I want to address, and again, I, I teased this earlier in the show, uh, and it it kind of becomes a bit of a concerning thought when you think Waller and Viola Davis, who I love absolutely. She is like the epitome of Amanda the Wall Waller, okay? She doesn't need a fat suit. She just has that icy stare like, what, you want to fuck with me? Right? So... Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say what I think we're all thinking as DC fans, or DC fans with with an ounce of caution in us right now, is how much is this Flash movie actually resetting? I think it's resetting almost the entire ball of wax. Well, okay. Now, now you say that, but... Explain to me why, and and without using the okay, you know James Gunn because he obviously has clout over it, being attached to the Peacemaker show, and essentially being season one point five of Peacemaker anyway. Without going there, I ask if it's resetting the whole ball waxed, then why go with Viola Davis? Well, you go about Viola Davis because she owns the freaking role, just like Margot Robbie owns Harley Quinn. No, I understand that, dude, but re- resetting the whole ball of wax means resetting the whole ball of wax. Not resetting partial. Yeah, he, not resetting he, partial of the ball of wax. Well, you can reset the ball of wax and still bring in some of the same actors in the roles, just they don't have any recollection of the universe prior. prior. Um, I'm curious to see what that's going to be. You mean what animated takes of. And I, hang on, I'm trying to understand this. You mean what animated takes of uh, Flashpoint have been doing for years? Yeah, basically. Uh-huh. But I mean, here, here's the thing. Here, here here's the, here's the ultimate, ultimate thing of, 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 with 
with this whole situation is that um, I think the, they need the Flash to reset it because I think I think they, I I do think both um, Gunn and Saffron realize we've got to get away from as much of the Snyderverse as we can. Yeah, no, and and believe me, this whole list we went down for this last hour is pretty much doing just that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think I think the authority is kind of taking the the twisted Snyderverse and kind of looking in the mirror on itself, which I think is rather funny. Yeah, well, no, but I think I think in in this case with the Flash film, it's it makes the most sense because it's a reset, but you can still use some of the same people. You can still, if you really want to have Momoa be Aquaman, he can still be Aquaman. You can just have him with different memories. If you, you know, I, I, I think, I think it gives you more some flexibility, but this the ability to do a full rewatch where you're not fighting a ton of history either. Okay. Yeah, Gun. I just want you to keep Gal Gadot. I don't really care about anything else. And I can look. I I can hear the detractors screaming now. Well, what about Ezra? It's like, I can guarantee you, guarantee you, take this to the bank. That little shit will never be the Flash again. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm over them at this point. Yes, I'm over them. You know, I mean, ah, and, and you and I both know, Kyle, mm-hmm. that bell has already been rung. Yeah, the decision to fire Ezra is not up to gun. Zoloff already pulled that trigger. He already rang that bell. Ezra's done. I I think they're kind of playing the the legal game because he's in counseling and all this stuff. And well, yeah, they can't say anything now. <coughs> yeah, you know, WB's got a film to promote. Yep, exactly. They're yeah, they're so, in a win situation. So all of their little statements of well, we don't know, we'll see, blah blah, are making great on their progress. That's all hearsay. Yep, that's all so, legal to speak for. They're done. Yep. Well, like I said, it's it, I agree with you on on that, but we'll see what see how it all plays out. But all I know from now is the hierarchy of the DC universe has changed. Oh, yeah. Like I said at the top of the show, the hierarchy of power in the DC universe has changed, but it's in the barrel of a gun. A James If he's gun. got a gun. <laughs> oh, before we really get sued, let's get out of here. Uh, okay. All right, so gang, now reach the end of this episode of uh, Injustice Podcasters Among Us, a DCEU podcast. Yes, we are field testing new names and trying to figure that out. Much like DC is doing right now, trying to figure it all out. Uh, but you know what? Uh, we start off 2025, so I think we have time. Yeah, and hey, we don't have Zach, as long as we don't let Zach Levi run his mouth anymore. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm glad you didn't bring that up because I probably would have stopped the show right there. Oh, there we go. So. Okay, because last thing we need is the big red cheese running his mouth. Yeah, well, you know, hey, wonderful time. Just because we have gun in charge doesn't mean there's still not some haunting of the of the bad karma that DC has built over the last few years. <laughs> yeah, and gun should be used to uh, running his mouth needlessly. 
is 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 the priest from the exorcism still available? No, I think he's dead. Okay, well, you know, because I, I I feel we could use a good exorcism from DCEU. Yeah, something tells me Kylo Ren took care of him. Yeah, it could very well be. <laughs> oh, that still hurt. That still hurt. Uh, that still hurt. All right, guys. So for me, uh, Dave Sinden and my co-host Kyle Wagner, we will. We will say see you later, and you know what? If you leave the Batcave last, would you turn out the lights and have Alfred cancel the pizzas? That's true. I'll cancel the pizzas. All right, we'll see you later, gang. Thanks for listening to Injustice, Podcasters Among Us. I'll take that as a yes. What? The Ring. All things DC are the property of Warner Brothers Studios, all rights reserved. opposite of what the saying is. Divided. We are not enough. World needs Superman. I made him a promise. Why I brought you together. Ride ain't over yet. My man. No, that's your. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's that's what that means. It's so cool.
Yes, yes. Well, gang, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to Injustice, Podcasters Among Us. I'll take that as a yes. What? The Ring. All Things DC are the property of Warner Brothers Studios, all rights reserved. the opposite of what the saying is. Divided. We are not enough. The world needs Superman. I made him a promise. Why I brought you together. Ride ain't over yet. My man. No, that's your. Oh, sorry. That's your signal. That means we have to go now. Yeah, that's that's what that means. It's so cool.